You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! How do we know this is safe? Define safe. Your brainwave sends the necessary data to pinpoint whatever corner of the universe Barry is stuck in. Joe? But I'm not Joe. Get him out, damn it. You can get him out, can't you? I can't. Please let me go back right now. My whole world is in danger. You're not going back. Episode of the legendary Flashing Arrows of Tomorrow, where each week Glenn and I sit down to discuss the DC triple shot on the CW. Soon to be four shot. The quad shot. Well, I think I think Jacqueline, Jillian, and Aurora are still going to do the great escapes, but that is true, Glenn. The and they're cool. inheriting Arrow, so you and I are going to talk Flash and Flash. <laughs> I think Glenn... They- Glenn has this idea that now that Supergirl is on CW, that he wants to split off Arrow from this show and force the girls to watch and review that show, but... Uh, I'll tell you this, Glenn. Uh, I, for too long, have wanted uh, more women on the website, and uh, in no way, shape, or form am I willing to drive <laughs> them off of this website by making them watch <laughs> The Arrow each week. Too kind I am uh, to do that. I, I couldn't force that upon anybody. Uh, but hey, we're going to keep watching it. Uh, this is Next week is the last week for Legends. There are two more weeks of Flash and Arrow left. So next week, uh, season finale of Legends... And then the week after that, we'll have the finales of Flash and Arrow. Why couldn't we have two more of Legends and two more of Flash? Agreed. And and four less of Arrow. Why can't we be done with Arrow already? <laughs> uh, well, we'll talk about it in a minute. But first, let's talk about The Flash, which was better than Arrow. Uh, season 2, uh, episode 21 of The Flash, called The Runaway Dinosaur. Uh, Jesse... And Wally are found unconscious. Uh, Wally recovers, but Jesse remains in a coma. Meanwhile, Cisco has a vibe of Barry and realizes that he must be still alive. And Barry wakes up in his own bedroom and finds, quote, unquote, Joe downstairs. Quote, unquote, Joe explains what he really is, a physical manifestation of the Speed Force. Speed Force Joe informs Barry that he cannot leave unless he catches a mysterious moving figure. Why? I don't know. But (laughs) before we tackle that, Sisko and Wells create a path into the Speed Force so that Barry can escape. But Barry must choose to go. And so far, he is choosing to remain so he can earn his powers back. He can go at any time, but until he gets those powers back... Uh, If he leaves, he would be just as he was when he arrived. Uh, As he pursues the figure, other Speed Force entities challenge Barry on what it means to be a hero and how he cannot become the Flash again until he finally accepts his mother's death. And then Barry, ultimately, this comes to a head when Barry meets his 
mother created out of the Speed Force, and they have a very touching and tender moment, which allows Barry to finally catch the moving figure, who turns out to be himself. His powers restored, and with help from Cisco and Iris, Barry returns to Star Labs. Good timing, because in Barry's absence, the uh, particle accelerator recreation to try to give Barry a speed in the first place accidentally woke up Tony Woodward, a.k.a. Girder, and now he's a big metahuman zombie. And they could do nothing to stop this guy, including using Iris as bait. So luckily, Barry returns just in enough time to help the team uh, stop the reanimated corpse of one Tony Woodward. Afterwards, Barry uses his Speed Force energy to bring Jesse out of her coma. Across town, Zoom has assembled a metahuman army, which he plans to unleash on Central City. Sir, what did you think of this Kevin Smith, Zack Stentz-directed and written episode of The Flash? Uh, you could tell right away it was Kevin Smith before the credits showed his name. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I only say that, look, I, at first I found it kind of annoying. Because I know the big criticism for Kevin Smith is that all characters sound like Kevin Smith. Yeah. And I, I'll say this. He he only channeled himself with one person, and that was Iris. Yeah. The way she was doing things is like, you can tell, like, this this is her Kevin Smith. And then it kind of shifted back more towards Cisco. It bothered me at first, but as it went along, I was like, okay, this, I'm glad that they're kind of... He was giving her something to do besides just... No, Barry, you can't. You need friends, Barry. Why yeah. you got to do it alone? Like, I'm glad. Like, so for that kind of levity, that was really nice. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of jarring at first because it's not how she's been written or acted up until that point. Yeah. I'll tell you what's jarring for me. Uh, the Jason Muse cameo. He looks me... super old. <laughs> the Mew- I mean, it wasn't that. It's just that the Muse cameo threw me off so much. You didn't need it. I know, well, I mean, I know why he did it, because obviously they're best friends, and, like, I'm sure this was, like, a dream come true for him, because word on the street is that Muse fucking loves these CW superhero shows to death, and getting to be in one, uh, I'm sure was a dream come true. I did giggle a little bit, like, he was, like, the smooth pimp, uh, (laughs) trying to get the lady, and she's like, is that your car? And he's like, oh, yeah, baby. And then Girder goes and rips the car door off, and he's like, that's he had a yeah. ponytail and drove a Hummer. Yeah. <laughs> that was yellow. That was, was yellow. It was good. Uh, he was he was nearly Price from <laughs> Better Call Saul. Uh, yeah, and then Girder comes and rips off the door, and he's like, that's my mom's car! Um, yeah. So I, I giggled a little bit, but it just threw me off so much yeah, to, see, was... to see someone who is so, at least so recognizable to me. Like, maybe young kids watching this who have no clue who the fuck it is. It didn't phase them one bit, but for me, knowing who it is, kind of, it was so weird. It threw it off. Uh, I mean, you know, it, at least on the plus side, Kevin didn't have him, like, walking out of a store, like, singing the, the smoking weed song that they sing in all of the, in all of the fucking VSQ movies. At least he wasn't playing Jay. Uh, so that's I thought that would have been kind of cool. I think that may have, that you know that actually could have been really. Good. It was really cool in Scream too when they were <laughs> Jay and Silent. Actually, you know what? It would have been amazing if they were just. They didn't even have to do anything if they yeah, just, just had, like, like stand by a gas station or they, something. They do like an establish. They do like an establishing shot of jitters. Yeah, and they're just hanging out outside. They don't focus on them. There's no lines for them. Yeah. They're just there. I think that would have been amazing. But yeah, 
Uh, I'm sure he may have asked for that, but... Perhaps. The word is they loved him, though, and they want him back for another episode. Good. I uh, mean, no, it was a good episode. I, I'm i not going to lie. I thought the way he handled the special effects... I, I know that's more post than it is sure. him, but the way he used the camera to kind of, like, hide the angles on it... Mm. Like, I thought the stuff with Cisco and, like, them and the Speed Force, it looked really good. I was really impressed. Uh, I was, uh... I mean, to me, the whole episode... Storytelling-wise, emotionally, whatever, all hinges basically on two scenes. Obviously, the one with Barry and his and Speed Force mom, and the scene where he reads the 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 titular book, essentially the Runaway Dinosaur, which is a book his mom read to him when he was a kid. Uh, which is actually a really touching story. I think he reads like the whole book or mm-hmm. something, and it's a really touching uh, it's a really touching and sweet story. And then it culminates and pays off when he meets Speed Force mom. And that was a really great scene. Grant Gustin was really good in this so episode. Good. Yeah. He should be the fucking Flash, everyone. <laughs> yeah. He's already there. He's doing it. And he's good at it. Just <laughs> do it. Shia LaBeouf, everyone. Just do it. They're not gonna. They're stuck in their ways. But he's great. Well, TV does TV. And, and film does film. And comics do comics. Don't that's you know that? That's right. They can't in, in so, any way interlace. So this is like a golden age of television in many ways. Why are they not pulling more from this? I, I don't a, know. I mean, it only makes sense that Marvel's head of TV department is fucking Jeff Loeb, and he's done it all. So, yep. you know, maybe you should allow your people to do more than one thing. Yeah, the people who yeah. are doing good, you should let them do good everywhere. Yep. Don't self-contain them. Just let them free. Let them Let them help you. Let them help your brand. It's doing wonders for Marvel. I mean, yes, Marvel, the the movie and the TV brand things, they kind of split from one another, but they still are seem they still are seemingly working with each other. Obviously, uh, Agents of Shield just had an episode that took place after Civil War, where they were talking about the Sokovia Accords and uh, they were arguing amongst themselves about you know registering with the United Nations and et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, they're obviously still working together, and they're doing a great job because they have all of their ducks in a row. Uh, their TV stuff is doing really good, and the movie stuff is doing really good. Boy, we have I feel like we've said this a bunch of times, but DC is just, they're missing out by not uh, incorporating the TV stuff into the movie stuff. They've already got an established audience with the television shows and uh, an established stories. Uh, you've got a lot to build off of and to use. All right, and they're good. Most they of them go are the, good. They could go the X Files route with the Flash. They could. I don't know why. I mean, you don't have to have a crazy high budget for it, you know. Um. Yeah, this episode it was really good, but <laughs> not just that moment, but also the moment at the end with Iris, and because mm-hmm. it, I was like, oh, they're gonna kiss, and I'm yep. glad they didn't. Like that, what he said was more impactful, knowing that they just embraced each other, and it wasn't yeah. necessarily like. I believe she Sensual. gave him the, It was just more affection. Yeah, I believe she gave him the kiss on the cheek and then into yeah. the hug. Yeah. Cheek kiss hug transition combination. But like that's the thing is Okay, so you know we're I know we're gonna talk about shit fast at a zero. But just look at the way they're handling these two, their dynamic versus Arrow. And and again, Arrow was their own problem was because they're not following Canute um the comics as far as it being Laurel Lance and that kind of thing. Yeah. So 
they're already at a disadvantage trying to do something different. Yeah. But essentially, I mean, the Felicity and Oliver Queen relationship is the exact same as Iris and Barry in a lot of ways. But mm-hmm. even like whenever, you know, she's like, I don't love you that way or whatever. You know, it's not meant to be hurtful, but because you they've done a good job conveying and establishing that their relationship is way more than anything that could be romantic. Like it's it's a different it is a sister brother type of love without yeah. it being like creepy and yeah, you know yeah. ancestral, but you know, <laughs> it's just it really it, they do a really good job in uh you know, when she's and he's like, I'll always come home to you. Like, you know, like I know it's really CW, it is, but, but it works, and that's like it's good you know, CW. It's okay if you want to be super cheesy and cornball early. Yeah, I mean cornballers. I know they only work in Mexico, but uh, <laughs> you know you can sell it stateside, and it, it works just fine. But they did good. Yeah, it was it was solid. I, it was a solid solid episode. I love like when he comes back, like oh great, because we're almost gonna die, and I, we need you to save us. Mm-hmm. Like you know it was. That kind of stuff. It was it was solid, and you know when he goes and Jesse and they're like, "How do you know?" Like, they didn't use a throwaway line or anything. It's just I just know, and then yep. you know you give it for somebody else to play off of you because of a relationship you established between those characters. And Harry's just like, "It's the Speed Force." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and John Wesley's ship was great. Oh yeah. The scene at the graveyard, like everybody was was really good. But yeah, I mean you're right though. That scene with his mom. Holy shit! <laughs> it was very good. Woo! This is Man. the hi- this was the highest rated episode since King Shark, which uh, did three point eight million viewers, nearly four million dollars, four million viewers for King Shark. This one did three and a half. So uh, the ratings are up. They've been they've been down on about the three million to three point three. So this brought it back up a little bit. So Kevin Smith brought in two hundred thousand or so <laughs> extra viewers to the show. <laughs> uh it did uh it was a good episode though. Uh score wise, what would you give Runaway Dinosaur? Uh hmm. Like four and a quarter. Okay. That that sounds about that sounds about right. I gave it a four. Uh, I didn't really think about going the quarter route. Maybe I should have. Um but I gave it a four. I'm sticking I'm sticking with what I put down here originally. Uh yeah, really good episode. And uh if you listen to Kevin Smith. He says that the next two episodes are like mind-blowingly great, but he's a fanboy of this show, so he would say that. Uh, but I wouldn't doubt it either. Uh, the show tends to have uh, a pretty good ending. Yeah, whoever uh, the showrunners are for this, they're good. Yeah, Berlanti and Kreisberg. Oh, they are the showrunners for it. I believe so. Do they uh, showrun all of them, or is this this is their baby? I think this is more their baby right now. Like I think they're not doing. Uh, they're. Not, I mean, Greg Berlanti is doing the story for the season finale of Arrow. Yeah, I mean, I know he did the first two seasons of Arrow, which are pretty evident. But they're not. Do- <laughs> yeah, they're not doing. He's not doing as much, and I think. Yeah. I think Berlanti is still pretty heavily involved with Legends of Tomorrow as well. So he's pretty much he's Joss Whedon his way through this. You know, he's yep. got. He you know, he oversees both, but he's probably more focused on one. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's hop into Arrow, Glenn. Hey, it's season four, episode 21, called Monument Point. There is no length that I will not go to to avenge Laurel to stop Dark from hurting anyone ever again. It is time to begin the final phase of Genesis. 
stay right where you are. I was gonna tell you the same thing. <sighs> Mr. Dark is on his way. I'm supposed to prep you. Damien Dark begins taking control over the world's nuclear missiles. The team seeks out Felicity's father, Noah, to help disable the Rubicon program. Uh, that would be the thing in charge of these nuclear missiles. Uh, Dark sends Danny Brickwell and Michael Lamar, uh, who are... Uh, 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 well, Brickwell is Brick. Uh, and the other guy, I think, is supposed to be Murmur. But I don't know if he's actually playing Murmur murmur in this episode all i know which one is the juggernaut bitch is that uh brickwell is that brick the brick or not of course it is it's the yeah brick it's brick or not i'm the brick or not bitch and michael lamar to find and kill felicity's dad but oliver and his team are able to rescue him from dark's men noah agrees to help but requires high-powered processors from palmer tech felicity learns that she's been fired from ceo and is unable to get the processor, forcing the team to break in and steal it. Hive locates the team when Noah hacks into Rubicon. Via camera phone. Via camera phone, as, as people do. Uh, as Hive attacks, Felicity and her father shut down Rubicon and stop all missiles but one, which launches and heads towards Monument Point. All Felicity can do is redirect it to a less populated area where it detonates. Killing tens of thousands of people. Oliver and Diggle find Dark in a Nexus chamber gathering more power from all of the deaths caused by the explosion. In flashbacks, Ryder escapes the cave, but Oliver and other lady steal the idol, and the idol soon begins to affect other lady. The end. Uh, Glenn, what did you think of Monument Point, which was a speedweed joint? Do you have thoughts on this here episode? Also, you're on mute still, I believe. There you go. I watched it. It happened. What did you think of Felicity killing 10,000 plus people? I mean, she... I mean, I know what she was doing. She didn't have a choice, but... Still. That better... that There better be some sort of effect on... If she is chipper-ass Felicity next week, I may stop watching Arrow and cancel Arrow out of this trifecta of shows. This better have a goddamn effect on her. She altered the course of a nuclear missile. It landed. It detonated. It killed 10,000 people. This better affect her next week. If she is all happy and skippy and Well, shit, I mean, if they stick to her character, they've never really used logic with her anyway, I so... No, but... Jeez, you think something like this would have an effect? Maybe. Yeah. I, what did, you, what did you, you... Okay, continue with your thoughts. You you watched the episode. It happened. I, I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, you're right. What, I, I don't, like... It was on. I didn't really like deviate to my phone all that much. I just kind of watched it. But the plot right now is something out of an uh, out of an Austin Powers movie. Oh, it is so stupid. Damien Dark is taking control of the world's nuclear missiles. Like what the? F I know that's like a very old comic booky type thing, but I don't know. I feel like 
if you can do it right, maybe, but they're not doing it right. So instead, it feels kind of like a really old passe. Yeah, he's a mustache twirler. Yeah, it sucks. I for a while I was get for a while I wasn't on board with Dark, and then I was getting on board with him. And now uh, the train has now left the station and is 150 miles away from me. Like I just, I don't care. He's a shit villain. But they need a to pick story. a scale. Okay, so what really bugs me is when they show that dome underneath the ground, right? Mm-hmm. It looks really small because when they pan up, it's like, oh, it's just under this block. Yeah, it looks like it's under. <laughs> it looks like it's under this little lump, this hill on yeah. a road. Yeah. But it's not. It's like a gigantic. It's like the size of a city. And the glove that they gave Jonathan Barrowman. Mm-hmm. Just, just give him a like a sleek. Just make it look like a hand. Who cares? Just put Barrowman back on Torchwood. Go back to filming that. I'd rather watch more episodes of Torchwood. I mean, his character uh, doesn't even need to be in the show. I, I, no? it, I mean. Well, let's be honest. None of these characters really need to be on this show, and this show doesn't need to be on TV anymore. It's You're done. not wrong. It's done. It is... Look, I'm sure the people working on this show love the show, love the cast members, love the crew, and they are working hard to make these episodes. I mean, at least Stephen Amell's getting a gig. You know, he's he's going to be Casey Jones from but, here on out. But it is... I'll have to check with Ben on this. Um, and even though it's just British law, it may be... You may be able to equate it to American law. I think it is actually almost criminal that this show is getting more viewers than Legends of Tomorrow. I think that might be criminal because Legends of Tomorrow is an infinitely better show than Arrow is right now. It drives yeah. me nuts that more people are not watching Legends. Now I feel like how... Like, this isn't like how Fire... Like, Firefly, I think, is a better show than Legends of Tomorrow, but I know how Firefly fans, I think, must have felt as they're watching the show, and they're like, this is so good, but no one's watching it. Why is no one watching it? And, oh, fuck, it's canceled. I now, I know... Why is Family Guy still going? I know. <laughs> I know Legends isn't going to be canceled. They're doing at least another season of it, but I get how they're feeling. Like, why are more people not watching this show? Watch it. It's good. It is really good. Endorse, endorse, endorse. We are endorsing that show. It uh, is so good. It is my favorite thing that we watch. Anyway, give and your cover. well besides Better Call Saul. But. Anyway, give your score for Monument Point. We're moving on. Fuck this. Uh, shit. Uh, I gave it a two. Yeah, two. I, I mean, it happened. I, I watched it, but like, there's nothing I can say that like stood out. I gave and it. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like awful. I it, my attention was nowhere near what was happening with the show. I just was watching it because I knew we needed to talk about it. But I'm nothing I, stuck. I gave it a provisional two. Uh, because... And, and take Kate Cassidy out of the credits if you want me to believe she's dead. This is ridiculous. Uh, she's supposedly in next week's episode of Flash. So I don't know uh, what's going on there. Okay, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> yeah, prov provisionally, why her credits are still in Arrow, I don't know, but provisionally speaking, uh, I gave it a two. Uh, because as ridiculous as the idea of Damien Dark having control of all the, wor the world's nuclear missiles is, and the fact that they shot them all off, Normally in a situation like this, at the very last second, they manage to either stop the launch or they manage to stop all the nukes before they can go off or something. Not 100% true. I give, them, I give them credit here. They didn't do it in Doctor Strangelove. That is also true, yes. Uh, Except now, Doctor Strangelove is far superior than what ever happened in this episode. Well, maybe if Felicity was riding a nuclear warhead <laughs> under the Earth with a cowboy hat on, maybe Backwards. that's different. Backwards. 
maybe we, maybe they would have been different. Uh, but no, the fact that they were able to stop them all except for one, and then Felicity had to make a choice, and that choice cost tens of thousands of lives over the, you know, over the possible cost of millions. Uh, I'm giving a provisional two because of the possibility that it may actually have some sort of effect on a character going forward. Even though it's ridiculous, in theory, it should have an effect. So next week, if it does, I will probably give next week's episode a higher score. If it does not, I will give this show negative geeky glasses next week if it has zero effect on Felicity or any of the other characters. Even though you are justified, you had no choice, you should still feel like shit that your choice costs tens of thousands of lies. I don't know. We'll find out. Let's move on. Let's talk about something happier. Yeah, uh, that was great. Uh, season one, episode 15 of Legends of Tomorrow. It's called Destiny. They've been controlling us. Nothing we've done so far has been of our own accord. No! They showed me your death. Kill them all. I think it's about time we seized our destinies back. This is madness. Strap in. So Mick is taken to be, uh, uh, if you missed last week, last week everybody was captured by the Time Masters. Not uh, everybody. Oh, uh, not everybody. Snart and uh, Sarah were not. And Jefferson. And Jefferson, of course. Uh, so Mick is taken to be reconditioned back into Kronos, while Kendra and Carter are turned over to Savage as he returns to 2166. Sarah and Snart, who evaded capture, make plans to rescue the team with the help of Gideon, who is alive in an old-timey phone on the Wave Rider. Uh, Zaman explains to Rip that the Time Masters helped Savage because an alien race will attack Earth in 2175 and only... Guardians, yeah! Right, that may be a name you'll have to explain to me later because I don't know it. Uh, And only Savage will be able to unite unite the world and stop them. Zaman also reveals the Oculus, which is a 3D headset that allows you to play Minecraft while standing in your living room. And it also allows the Time Masters to manipulate... <laughs> uh, time itself. Uh, it also used they used it to manipulate Rip and his team to help facilitate Savage's rise to power, including the revelation that they ordered Savage to murder Rip's family to motivate him. What dicks! Uh, Snart and Sarah disable the other time ships and uh, and rescue everyone else from captivity. In order to reclaim their destinies, the team decides to destroy the Oculus. However, when they arrive, Zaman is there with soldiers having expected them. Jefferson returns to the jump ship and uh, his affliction has been cured and uh, takes out the soldiers. Uh, at first, it is it is uh, the Atom. Ray Palmer is going to have to sacrifice himself. Uh, and Rip was shown a vision in which this happens where Ray Palmer dies. Uh, in order to destroy the Oculus, he has to hold down a... Like a, a kill switch or something that would prevent... It's like a fail-safe bar. A fail-safe. It, has to be, it has to be held in manually for you to have it to self-destruct. Right, so basically someone... Pretty, that's kind of clever. I, I like how it's, you know, you it's definitely willing, eye for an eye. You have to be willing to sacrifice yourself. <laughs> yeah. And then Mick Rory comes in and knocks him out and says, I want some revenge on these bastards. And he holds down the switch. 
And then everyone else is like, where's Mick? And they're like, he's staying behind to sacrifice himself to blow up the Oculus. And Snart is all like, fuck that, and goes in there and doesn't let him, knocks him out, and Snart (laughs) holds the switch down and ultimately sacrifices himself, blowing up himself and the Oculus. No more strings on me. Yep, that's what he says. And then they blow that place to hell. And uh, mourning the loss of their comrade, the team plans to go after Savage. What did you think of Destiny? Oh, you know, you you missed you you skipped over it. They didn't list it in here. I know what you're talking about, but they didn't. List so it. Savage goes twenty one sixty six and successfully kills Rip Hunter's wife and daughter. And yep. when he goes back into the ship, he finds out that the Time Masters can no longer help him That's because right. the timeline has been or the Oculus has been destroyed. They can no longer. And Kendra just or... starts laughing maniacally at yep. him. And it's like, you know, blah, 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 you, you don't, you know, you don't have the power to do anything now. You're just a man. Yep. And I was like, well, I have a time ship and I don't need to rule the world when I can just rule all of time. Mm-hmm. So, and then goes off and travel, goes into a time vortex or yeah. something along those lines. Uh, so, yeah, give me give me your thought. Uh, the, you know, what they also didn't touch on was that when in the last episode, when uh, Jefferson is sent back in time, like he shows up uh, right after everybody met with rip in the first episode and works uh, and works with uh uh past dr stein to mm-hmm. uh yep. to get him back into the uh to the vanishing point uh so that wasn't mentioned in here but that's the whole thing that happened yeah uh, all right so continue your give your thoughts on the episode it was great i mean it was I mean, well, I know we'll get the source later but I, it's a 5 for me e- easily uh i think this was their best episode they've done and as I said to you, uh, not counting the animated stuff, because I don't think ever, anything's probably going to be as good as Hard Vice, but uh, I would say as a television episode, it would you know include Daredevil, Jessica Jones, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. I would say out of all of them, this, to me, was the best episode. It was very good. And the reason why I say that is, if you're looking at the show as a whole, you know, you're set up as the show is about Rip Hunter. Mm-hmm. And from the get-go, if if you go back and rewatch or even just kind of rethink it and analyze it, the show's really always been about Snart. And it's always about his growth. You know, everything he's a catalyst for every single event. He's kind of a glue guy in a get in a way. Yep. But you know, the show is always he he is always the B plot line, if not the A plot line, in mm-hmm. every single episode. It everything always adds to him. Now, I know it's superhero stuff and everybody comes back to life. Um, and as much as I really enjoy him, I feel like he does need to stay dead. He probably won't, and it, it's really okay if he isn't dead. More effective uh, if he does. But... but his character, I felt like the growth throughout the season was all about him becoming Citizen Cold in a way. Mm-hmm. And they completely closed that loop. So there's no need to really die. Only for fan service would you need to do it. Yep. But it was that was it was perfect. I mean, it was kind of corny at first, and it's like, oh, whenever he sa- Mick saves, and I'm like, oh crap, man, Mick's gonna die. I really like Mick. He, you know, he's growing on us. Like, he's kind of been through a lot. He still is. Lo- I mean, he had so many great lines in this episode. Oh my god, so. I can't believe that they did the boot smash. Like he he did. He smashed that guy's face with his boot. He, he did. I, I, I like when he uh when Rip and they're on the Oculus and Rip almost falls in and 
uh, Mick saves him, and he goes, I didn't do that because I like you. Yeah. And Rick just well, goes, I know. Oh, well, even, like, the scene that he has with Ray when he's like, you know, who cares what they say, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and, he, like, they actually have a heart-to-heart. I love their... and. You know, those things we talk about when they're at the gulag, when they're at the prison. Like, it was kind of cool that they're the ones that are kind of intermingling because they're very different people. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, it's it's a good, I mean, it's a great straight man, funny man. Oh, you yeah, know. that's great, yeah. When he's and, like, when he's like, hey, it's it's tabula rasa. And he's like, talk to me like I don't understand ancient Greek. And he stares at him <laughs> and he goes, that's Latin, actually. And Mick just <laughs> stares at him. He's like, yeah. anyway, uh. Um, I, I even like at the beginning when the guards come in and grab, I think he says something along the lines of like, yeah, that's right. Break my arms. Yeah. (laughs) Twist it. (laughs) He is so good. Uh, I'm glad he's not dead, but even when that happened, that's why it was a little weird for me when they did the constant, I'm going to sacrifice myself. No, I'm going to sacrifice myself. No, I'm going to sacrifice myself. Um, I did. Uh, I, I liked it at, by the, by the end when Snart did it at first, when, like when he first went in there, I'm like, this might be a little too much that they're keeping doing this. But by the end I was sold it worked. Uh, but up until that point, before any of that happened, I was really sold on Rory doing it. Like it was kind of a, like it was kind of a redemption for him. Like, uh, you know, I mean, he did it in his way, which was like, he didn't say (laughs) I'm redeeming myself. He's just like, I want to kill as many of these people as possible. (laughs) This is my revenge for them turning me into Kronos and stuff. But in his own way, it was like a redemption story, yeah. I guess, as much as he can be redeemed. But I think for him, like, the fact that he was willing to take that step is... Is enough. Yeah. Is as big as a moment as Cold's, you know, sacrificing himself. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, it's also a great moment for Sarah. Because yeah, the whole thing that Cold's always... Their interactions is about both of them denying the fact that they actually care about people. Mm-hmm. And for them, like constantly reminding each other to open up and to be a better person and for her you know like when she kisses him like that's a really genuine moment yep that's great and uh so it's like you know for her like that kind of gives her a chip on her shoulder too is like you know now cold can he's pretty much their colson is what he should be yeah uh more so than hawkman because it just happened so fast and it's just like oh holy shit they killed hawkman um but you didn't know what the thangarians are the Thangarians. The Thangarians are what the Hawk people are. So what Hawkman and Hawk Girl are, that's that's what ah, Thangarians are. It was are. their meteorite. Yes. More or less. Their meteorite, that's then their I, their immortality and being fused into them. And that's why they keep going through. But the whole like the Prince Khufu stuff, like yes, they they are lovers. Um ah. the meteorite, same thing with Vandal Savage, like whenever it crashed in, that's how he stays alive forever. Uh, he's such a good bad guy, and like, I don't. I know we've seen it a, a lot of times, but this was the most effective time I felt like when you saw him kill his wife and his kid. And I think the part with the kid that it worked so well is we saw a young Rip Hunter, and so when you see that little kid just spit in his face, and it's like, yeah, get him, kid. You know, screw that guy. He's a piece of shit. He's a jerk. You know, you're really rooting for him, even though you know he's gonna get blasted in the face, but. You know, you could see a lot, like, whenever he says it, like, uh, or, you know, are you brave like your mother or foolish like your dad? And he's like, oh, maybe you are like your dad in the end, because his dad was so defiant to him over the centuries. Are but, uh, are, are, are these uh, these aliens, are these the, the Thanagarians or whatever they are, are they 
Hawk yep. people? Are they known as villains in the comics or not? Uh, not necessarily. When they became villains, and this is another fun thing. It's how, so, you know, DC has this really cool thing where not all of their origin stories are based in the comics. Their animated department actually adds things to it. And right. that is what happened whenever, before they became unlimited. It was just Justice League. That's what the, the last couple of episodes are about is the Thangarian uh, overlords coming in and taking it over. And if you see it, the main character was originally written, that's why you don't know who he is until later on, is written and intended to be Hawkman. He is supposed to be Carter Hall mm. uh, originally. But the actual comic company is like, well, we don't want to make Hawkman a bad guy. Right. Uh, which is kind of strange because now like his title is the Savage Hawkman. Yeah. Um, so he is known as being just like a brutal monster who flies and just kills people with his mace without any type of remorse. Sure. Um, so yeah, that actually comes from the animated stuff. Ah, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, let me... I don't know how in depth they're gonna go. Sure. I mean, they may do the whole Jr. is gonna have to choose thing, but harder if he's still around. Like you can't do the same dynamic that they used with her in Green Lantern. Yeah. But this, I mean, this sounds like it's gonna be that's that's the arc for season two. Is this? Yeah. So, um, interesting. It's stopping that because I guess they probably stop Vandal Savage. Yeah. Interesting. It'll be interesting to see where it all goes. Uh, all right, let's... Uh, you already said... Well, let's make it official anyway. Score for Destiny. It is a five. Okay. I gave it a four and three quarters. I can't give it a five for one reason. There was one thing in this episode that part of me was like, eh, just forgive it, but it, it bugged me just enough. Which was as soon as we got the flashback uh, to the to the first episode... And Future Jefferson showed up. It just immediately... I mean, this is like two minutes into the episode. It immediately clicked into my brain that he's going to find a way back and he's going to be the guy who shows up just in the nick of time when all hope seems lost and clears the path for them to win the day or whatever. And that's exactly what happened. And I hate that I knew it two minutes into the episode. Well, and that duh. Yeah, it's one of those super obvious things that they do a lot in a lot of shows. I'll be fair, though, it always drives me nuts in those shows, so I knocked off a quarter of a point for this episode for doing it. Shame on you. That, it's fair. Yeah, it, it bugs me whenever they do it in every episode. So I'm consistent whenever they do it in any show. I made fun of it, I believe, in Walking Dead this season, and yeah, it's just one of those things that I've seen it so many times where it's like, it, it normally wouldn't even have bothered me, but the fact that I could tell two minutes in was... That just it threw it over the edge for me. But hey, four and three quarters is still really goddamn great. And so much of this episode is great. More people need to... The ratings did go up from last week. But I don't care. They need to go up more. This show has to be doing at least arrow numbers. Uh, but it's not. Uh, it should be. Ideally supernatural numbers. Yeah, this should be... I, look, to be fair, this should be doing like... Uh, NCIS or CIS or whatever the <laughs> fuck. This should be doing like 13... This should be doing Walking Dead numbers. Because uh, this show is great. I don't know what people are not seeing in it, but... Well, they... I mean, I would say with these... these the CW shows are okay because they don't need to have a high number of viewers. Right. They, but they do capture the right demographic. And the right. fact that they're... Just like The Walking Dead, like they're so involved with comic cons all yep. over the country like yep. 
you that fan by that that fan base is so dedicated to them that it's they're in a I would say that's the thing that they did a better job of setting up uh, with their TV shows versus I mean Marvel's getting to it now because I think Jillian and Jacqueline talk about in Tampa it's like almost all the Marvel cast is going to be there but yeah uh, I think they did a really good job of of kind of like a grassroots support system. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, let me see. Uh, all right. Before uh, we take our leave, uh, if you're enjoying this show, and why wouldn't you be? It's the only place that you can listen to somebody talk about Arrow so you don't have to watch it. com slash premium. You can go check out all of our other shows. And, of course, if you're digging the legendary Flashing Arrows of Tomorrow, you can find us on Google Play Music and on iTunes. Just search for Flashing Arrow, and you will find us. You can hit subscribe and get all of the new episodes downloaded to you as they are released. All right, uh, that is it for this week's episode, but we will come back with more. We'll come back with Season 2, Episode 22 of The Flash, called Invincible. Season 4, Episode 22 of Arrow, called Lost in the Flood. And the Season 1 finale of Legends of Tomorrow, called Legendary. Legendary.